Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. I am your host, a functional medicine nutritional therapist, Anna Marsh, and today we are going to talk about the cell danger response. The cell danger response is a really fantastic framework when it comes to understanding or putting your chronic fatigue symptoms into context. So I came across the cell danger response through the work of Dr. Neil Nathan, who I absolutely love. He wrote the book Toxic, which was what prompted me to test my own urine mycotoxins and eventually discover that that was a big factor in um, the symptoms that I was experiencing. But all of that aside, the original creator of the model was Dr. Robert Navio. And um, obviously, I'm not the expert that... Dr. Neil Nathan or Dr. Robert Navio are in this area, but this podcast is not about bringing you all the very, very detailed science. It's about helping you understand these frameworks so you have some context for what could be happening in your body and then how to think about approaching the different phases of recovery. So as I said already, I really love this framework and so The purpose of today is just to teach it to you and hopefully maybe some pennies will drop, some things will fall into place and you'll have a little bit more context um, that will support you on your journey. I think one of the hardest things about experiencing a syndrome like chronic fatigue syndrome well there, there are many hard things about experiencing a syndrome like chronic fatigue syndrome but is that there's this lack of understanding because you're not getting the support from your regular doctor. There are obviously some incredible doctors out there, but for the most part, a lot of people have these very traumatic stories of not really being fully supported and fully understanding what's going on. So the purpose of today is to really give you a little bit more understanding and to guide you on your journey. So the cell danger response is an ancient cellular intelligence. It is the body's or the cell's universal response to threat. It's how the cells respond to danger in the body, as the name suggests. And when we're talking about danger or a threat, this could be a trigger like a chemical or toxin exposure. It could be a physical threat or it could be a biological threat. And basically it's anything that exceeds the capacity of the cell to maintain homeostasis, which is essentially how the cells and how the body regulates itself and how we ultimately maintain balance in the body. So if we are experiencing a trigger, a threat or a challenge, and it is so challenging that is it is exceeding the cell's capacity to cope, then the body will initiate the cell danger response. And it's really important to understand here that the cell danger response is protective. It is ancient body intelligence that is designed to support you and keep you safe. It's just when we get stuck in the cell danger response or one of the stages of the cell danger response, which I'll touch on in a moment, that we can start to experience a decline in health and then chronic disease. 
So if you're on your fatigue recovery journey, you may have already heard of the mitochondria. And the mitochondria are the little organelles that are in all of our cells. And they are how the body makes energy in the form of ATP. So often we refer to the mitochondria as the body's energy factories. And it is the health and abundance and function of these mitochondria that allow for good energy production and essentially health and well-being. But mitochondria also have another role. They, yes, they are energy producing factories and we want them to be abundant and healthy and working well, but they also have another role, which is the role of defense. So they are sensing organs, they organelles, they sense the environment that's going on in the cell, they sense the environment that's going on in the body and they respond appropriately. So if these mitochondria sense and perceive that is a threat, whether that is a toxin or a trauma or a microbe, then um, they'll start to initiate a series of changes for self-protection. And these changes are beneficial in the short term. They're very, very important in the short term. But what can happen in the case of chronic disease is that the body can get stuck in one of the stages of the cell danger response. And unless we can help the body to move through and to complete the cell danger response and feel safe again, then we remain stuck and then stuck in our illness or our symptoms or whatever our experience of health is. So chronic fatigue might mean that we are stuck in one of the stages of the cell danger response. And therefore, a model for chronic fatigue recovery is helping the cell or the mitochondria or the body feel safe again, and then also helping it complete the full cycle of all the different stages of the cell danger response. So what are these stages? And what changes occur in the body at each stage? Well, we have CDR1, cell danger response 1, CDR2, and CDR3. And CDR1 is when the body moves from a state of health to a state of threat. I would call this like the high alert stage. And in this stage, the body starts to experience changes in metabolism, changes in the immune system, and even psychological changes or changes in how we see the world. And here I'll segue a little bit and I'll explain that um, previously I've done a diploma in psychoneuroimmunology and one of my teachers and mentors, Leo Prembroom, always used to teach that health is about flexibility. We need to be flexible metabolically, which means that we want to be able to, you know, use carbohydrates as fuel, use fats as fuel, and be able to continue to fuel the body in the absence of fuels coming in, for example, when we're fasting. And we also need to be immunologically flexible. That means the immune system should respond when there is an infection, when there is some sort of threat. But the immune system should respond, it should resolve the threat, and then it should go back to baseline. So there's flexibility there to move between a range of high immune activation and low immune activation. And then finally, we also want to be 
psychologically flexible, which means that we're flexible in our thinking. We don't necessarily have rigidity in our belief systems, needing to control everything and really struggle when things aren't just so. So I love that I, the psychoneuroimmunology idea of health is about flexibility because it very much overlaps with the cell danger response model. And really, when we're in cell danger response one, there is a shutdown. There's a shutdown in the flexibility of the metabolism, the immune system, and probably our psychology as well. In the short term, that's very, very helpful. But we do want the flexibility to move out of those changes in the long term as we reclaim our health. And finally, just a little note on the psychological aspect. Anyone who's had the flu knows that their mood is low, they don't feel good, they can be more emotional, more tearful, they may find it more difficult to think positively. And that's all a psychological response or a psychological representation of what's going on in the body at that point in time. And it can also to a certain degree be protective because if you're feeling low, if you don't have motivation, you're not going to want to overexert yourself. If you feel quite withdrawn and antisocial, you're not necessarily going to go out and spread your disease, whatever it might be, your infection to other people. So there is a beneficial positive adaptation which happens, which yes, in the short term is beneficial. We just don't want it to continue long term. So circling back around to the cell danger response one, and what are the specific changes that begin to happen in the body? Well, first of all, the mitochondria can prioritize energy production away from sort of metabolism, away from the brain and cognitive function, and ATP or energy is prioritized towards dealing with the threat, to dealing with survival or for the immune system to increase its activity so that it can resolve a possible infection. And again, anyone who's ever had the flu will know how you feel when you're sick. Your energy is low, your brain is foggy, just even walking up a flight of stairs can leave you breathless and your muscles are tired and achy. And that's a classic example of the body prioritizing energy to the immune system, to threat, to survival, and away from the metabolism of the muscle tissue and away from the cognitive functioning of the brain. So we've all experienced that. But people with chronic disease or a chronic illness or chronic fatigue might feel like that to a certain degree most days. Then another change that happens is an increase in oxidative stress, which is the body's um, oxidative stress is the body's ability to balance um, the natural production of oxidative or damaging molecules with antioxidants. And in this case, there's an increase in oxidative stress. And very often we'll hear in disease that oxidative stress is something that's quite prevalent. But it's really important to understand that in the short term, that oxidative stress is actually 
being produced for self-protection. Um, and taking a whole bunch of antioxidants may not actually be beneficial in the CDR1 because the body is producing oxidative stress to help to counterbalance the threat. So that's a change that we may experience. Then other changes that may occur is a shutdown or reduction in methylation. I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of what methylation is today because that's a, probably a whole other podcast in itself. But methylation is a really important biochemical process which is really important for the health of multiple body systems. And one of the things that methylation does is it produces the powerful antioxidant glutathione. So given what I've just mentioned about the increase in oxidative stress, which is actually beneficial to the body in the cell danger response, we don't necessarily want to be producing a lot of glutathione because that's going to be an antioxidant. But additionally, another reason for shutting down methylation is that some infections and viruses can actually hijack the body's own methylation processes and use it to its advantage. And hence, it's advantageous to shut it down in the short term. Then the next change that happens is it can be a change in tryptophan metabolism. So tryptophan is one of the body's amino acids that we use to make serotonin and melatonin. And if you don't know, serotonin is our happy hormone, it increases mood, and melatonin is our sleep hormone. And so there is a mechanism by which tryptophan can either get prioritized towards serotonin and melatonin production, or it can get shifted in another direction where we make um, kynorenic acid and quinolinic acid, which is associated with pain and inflammation. So again, very beneficial in the short term, but may come at a cost to our mood and our sleep if we get stuck in the CDR1 in the long term. There may be changes in vitamin D metabolism. Um, you know, we obviously have a huge sort of challenge where people are not spending enough time outside, not spending enough time in the sunshine. Pretty much all of my clients have low vitamin D, but this also begs the question is, is this a outdoors sun exposure problem or is this actually a cell danger response problem? And we just sometimes don't know. Then we can maybe experience changes in vitamin B6 metabolism, and this can impact histamine production, and histamine can then drive more inflammation. Again, beneficial in the short term to help to resolve the threat, not helpful long term. And that's why many people who are kind of stuck in the cell danger response may be histamine sensitive or have a lot of um, histamine-like symptoms. There can also be changes in the microbiome. And often in functional medicine, you'll hear people say, you know, health starts in the gut, but you should work on the gut first. And yes, working on digestive health and digestive function is really important. But if we address digestive health too soon, when there's still an active threat, this can be counterproductive to what the cell danger response is actually trying to achieve. And then finally, we get changes in metabolism. So the immune system, when it's at rest, is a fat-dominant system. It uses fat for energy at rest. But an active immune system uses glucose for energy. So there is a shift from 
your fat burning energy system towards your sugar burning energy system glycolysis and this can then create knock-on effects in terms of um, blood glucose control and the ability to regulate blood sugar so remember that all of these things are supposed to be beneficial in the short term but in the case of you know chronic disease or chronic conditions sometimes the cell can be stuck in the cdr1 and that can be because there's a presence of mold or the presence of toxins and mold mycotoxins maybe heavy metals it can be because there's an active infection or it can be because there's been a major trauma or lots of little traumas adding up over time, which has really sent the nervous system into a state of distress. Or very often, as I see in my clients, usually a combination of several of these different factors. So really what we want to do, if we suspect that somebody is in the cell danger response one, we really have to remove the triggers. We have to be able to calm the system down so that it can feel relatively safer. I say relatively safer because it's, it's going to be very difficult to feel 100% safe initially, um, but we need to help the body feel safer to continue with the recovery process and move through CDR2 and CDR3. So there are no tests that will say you're in CDR1. Okay, now you've moved to CDR3. Okay, CDR2 is complete. Now you're moving on. So it is very much about trial and error. And there are clues that can tell us where someone might be. So for example, if someone is very sensitive to mitochondrial support, or they just don't respond to a lot of the support we might give to the gut or the mitochondria, then we could assume maybe that they're still in a CDR1 and we need to start thinking about what is the trigger here? What are the triggers that we really need to remove? And this is where knowing your root cause comes in and can be beneficial. So usually someone is in a CDR1 if interventions make them feel worse or they're just not responsive. And this is why I work the way that I do in my practice, which is to offer a continuity of support across six months. Given some people are maybe not as complex in terms of their case history and what they're moving through, but a lot of my clients have a lot going on. And therefore, if they come and see me once and I say, okay, let's support your gut, for example, let's try some mitochondria, um, let's try some mitochondria support and they support the gut or they do the mitochondria and nothing happens or they get worse, they're never going to come back and see me again. But actually, that information, even though it doesn't feel like progress, it's telling us something about where we need to go next, which is, okay, it's likely that there's still an active trigger here. We need to dig deeper and then address that trigger. And so I say this for myself and I say this for any practitioner that you might be working with or considering working with is it's really hard to know. And in functional medicine, we build health through 
taking a client history, using testing, noting the client's symptoms, and then how they respond to the interventions. And sometimes we just hit it straight out the gates and somebody gets better straight away. And sometimes we have to mess up and make a few mistakes to get more information so that we can then choose the right intervention. And that takes time and that takes being in a supportive clinical relationship. So then we move into CDR2. And CDR2 is all about rebuilding after the CDR1 has completed. And here in this CDR2, this is when we can start to get a better response to mitochondrial support. We can start to get a better response to gut support. We maybe would have already started detoxification, so opening up those detox and drainage pathways in CDR1, but now we can maybe start to become a little bit more aggressive in CDR2. We may want to think about how we can use nutrition as the metabolism is changing. So previously, the the immune system was very active. We're in that anaerobic sugar-burning metabolism. But now maybe metabolism is shifting and becoming a little bit more aerobic, fat-burning metabolism. And we could start to think about fasting or a ketogenic diet to encourage autophagy to help with the cleanup process that has maybe that is maybe required um, to help clean up any damage and debris that's being created from CDR1. And then finally here, we may start to get a little bit more traction with supporting methylation. So if we had offered methylation support in CDR1, it probably would have been non-responsive or possibly even make someone feel worse because methylation is shut down. So now we can bring in methylation support. Maybe we can add in antioxidants and we're really starting to help the body rebuild again. Then we transition into CDR3. And CDR3 is when we begin to rebuild the lines of communication between different body systems. So what can happen is this can happen automatically in some people as we remove the threads and we give the system some nourishment and we support the nervous system. Then maybe what happens is the body just naturally starts to reboot and those systems naturally start to work a lot better. And that's what we hope for. But for some people, especially if they've been ill for a really long time, the body can be habituated to operating in dysfunction. So essentially dysfunction is their kind of new normal. And therefore, even beneficial interventions can feel like a threat to the body. And this is where we really want to use nervous system care and nervous system support, maybe some brain retraining if it's appropriate, so that we're really helping the body to feel safe as we make these changes. It might be an opportunity at this point in time to dig deeper, maybe to do some functional testing so we can look at the hormonal systems, for example, um, or we can look at what additional nutritional support may be required or what's going on in the gut and we can explore and dig a little bit deeper. And this might be a good time to start to build the capacity of the body. So using hormetic stresses like heat stress, cold stress, fasting stress, hypoxia to strengthen the resilience and help the body build its capacity to handle stress as things resolve. So then hopefully then from CDR3 moving forward, the body is able to reestablish a sense of health and 
this may take longer in some people it may take shorter in others it's really about knowing what your body needs and giving it that nurturing and here we also need to say that there's an art and a science to healing the science is all the technical stuff. It's like, okay, what do my test results say? And what's happening here? And what mechanisms are working? And how do we support those? And what nutrients and what dosage? And then there's the art, which is just really that sense of what the body needs. Because there may be some people who are so desperate to be well, they'll throw all their resources into their healing but it's actually too much and that healing is too overwhelming for the nervous system. So this is again why I work with my clients the way that I do over a longer and extended and supportive time frame. So we can just make those little tweaks and little adjustments and continue to support the nervous system so that it's a gentle and grounded and easeful approach which is also embedded in science. So that is everything I have to say about the cell danger response today. If you have enjoyed this episode, please let me know. You can reach out on social media. You can share the podcast on your social media. And please remember to leave a review. Having more reviews helps more people find this podcast. And in doing so, more people can be helped by the information I share. So wishing you a wonderful fatigue recovery day, and I'll see you in the next episode.